Welcome back to Scouring the Depths, the show where we delve deep into the dark, endless, cavernous chasm known as heavy music. My name is Joseph. And I'm Nathan. We are your hosts, and uh, we'd like to welcome you all back to part two of our Best of 2012 miniseries. Um, Good morning, everyone. Yeah. Good morning. That's, uh, that's how I say hi. Yeah, to all the people that are listening uh, right as this goes up at 3 a.m. or whatever. Or even 3 p.m. Yeah. Still morning. That's true. <laughs> and morning is in, uh, you'd have to add, have to add um, a U because we might oh. talk about some scary, scary stuff later. Oh, yeah. Mm. You know, Halloween's just around the corner, so you never know what, what creatures of the night. Might. Don't don't wish that evil on me, Joey. No. But anyway, um, I guess if we want to sort of recap where we where our lists uh, began with part one, why don't you run through your twenty through sixteen real quick? Yeah, uh, I hope this is actually correct because um, <laughs> my my notes are a little bit all scattered. But oh. my number twenty was Gojira's Levant Sauvage. My number nineteen was Karagongrin's Where the Corpses Sink Forever. My number 18 was, I believe it was High on Fires, yeah. The Veramis Mysterious. That sounds right. And then my number 17 was Goat Whore, Blood for the Master. These might be switched around just a little bit. Um, so this is how this is how dedicated we are. Yeah. Um, and, and then the last one I had at number 16 was Barry Tomorrow's Union of Crowns. What about you? Yeah, so my number 20 was Homewrecker, Worms and Dirt. My number 19 was Pig Destroyer, Book Burner. Number 18, Mutilation Rites, Empyrean. Number 17, Early Graves, Red Horse. And we ended on number 16 with Dying Fetus, Reign Supreme. Insert lots of grunts and lots of chaos. Yeah. Yeah, um, that feels uh, about right. Mm-hmm. So, listeners, I mean, uh, it'd be a nice stopping point to kind of see. Um, obviously, we can't in real time, but it'd be really cool to see some of your favorite albums. Um, maybe if you want to play along on our social media pages, that'd be really fun to see your, like, maybe 20 through 16 as we're, you know, coming up with this episode today. That'd be fun. Yeah, or just uh, share us share with us what your favorite album of 2012 is or was. Um, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at ScouringPod. And uh, yeah, you should be able to hear us uh, wherever you find podcasts. Yeah, it'd be a really fun little interaction. I feel yeah. like seeing what everyone else's tastes are for uh, the 2012 year. Yeah, if if everyone remembers that far back, understandable if not. It was my best year of my life. So, of course, I remember. Yeah, that's when I peaked, for sure, <laughs> as a person. All right. So, um, I'll let you, I think you can go ahead. I think that's how we did it last time. Okay, yeah. yeah. So, we are continuing with the list. Um, so, uh, for number 15, I'm going to say this name wrong because I don't know how to say it. Oh. But it is the swords. Apocryphon? Apocryphon? I don't know. Yeah. Anywho, very good sword album. 
I honestly think uh, the sword uh, was on a lot of people's radar once Guitar Hero Two came out. Oh. Um, that was uh, maybe it was maybe it was the first one. I can't remember. But anyway, the song okay. Freya from Age of Winter, which is one of their the, their first album, which came out I think in two thousand six, um, was a really big like hit. Um, and it's definitely the more of the kind of the thrashier Black Sabbath. Yeah. You know, more groovy. Um, more aggressive but at the same time has so many riffs mm-hmm. so so many riffs um but what the sword did here was i believe um that this was them kind of experimenting and finally perfecting their sound um to where they got to and this is the album that i actually recall really falling in love with the band actually and uh, i just remember at the record store picking this up uh because of how colorful this was i remember it just mm-hmm. like being a like a shiny spot on the wall of the new release wall yeah, it was really cool artwork yeah it's a sick sick artwork and also just really sick songs i think and this is actually the sword's best album they've ever put out um i actually kind of not really enjoyed the direction they went afterwards as much got a little too prog rocky um and i i have particular prog rock tastes and um but anyway with the sword I wanted that that groove, and I think this particular album and uh, it was one that really sold me on on the band, and I think um, is definitely like if you want a headbang, like this is this is like one of the, the on the on the album of all of the twenty that I have here. This is probably one of the like the ones that you would headbang the whole time, mm-hmm. the entire time. Yeah. So anyway, if you would you like the sword at all? Yeah, I'm not. So I've dabbled. I don't know if I'm very well versed in like their albums, but I do like the I do like that sound that they have the uh you know like seventies psychedelic rock influence sludge kind of thing. Um, I do enjoy that that first record, which I've probably heard the most from them, and I've I believe I've heard some songs from from this one as well, but. Yeah, it's a it's a band I should probably remember when I'm in the mood for for that sort of thing. Yeah, so, yeah. Well, I definitely would recommend if you're just listening to the sword. I definitely recommend this. This is a very solid one mm-hmm. to start with. And honestly, it, <laughs> if you start here, you might be like, "This is the best thing they've done." Oh yeah. But um, but anyway, it's it's a great album, and I I highly recommend it for anyone who doesn't really know them. Yeah. So that's my number fifteen. Sweet. What about you? My number 15 is Tragic Idol by Paradise Lost. Um, Now, this was right before they kind of began their, uh, I guess, their return to form period of the last, like, you know, handful of years. (laughs) Yeah, pretty much. And I would definitely say that I would rank those albums above this one. Like, uh, Obsidian, Medusa, and The Plague Within are all really amazing albums and like really uh really great comeback records for them um and this yeah this this album tragic idol is a bit like a like a bridge a bridging between that return to form and their you know their uh the period in their in their careers where they kind of left the uh like the doom metal side of their sound for a more mainstream appeal um a more of like a gothic rock or like an alternative rock kind of sound which uh you know 
pretty divisive, which I assume is a pretty a pretty divisive part of their career because you know there's some people that are you know paradise lost loyalists uh they appreciate that they went ahead and did something different because they wanted to and then of course there are the people that you know they broke out of the gothic death doom style that they pretty much uh perfected in their early career but i really enjoy this album a lot uh you know while admitting that it may not live up to what they would go on to make but you can't deny that there's some great songs on here um like the title track especially is a song that i love solitary one um yeah it's all really good and while i you know i keep coming back to this point but while there are other albums in their discography that i probably you know rank higher i could definitely see myself being in that mood for paradise lost wanting to go to this album immediately before the others yeah i understand that and i think that this album was my introduction to them actually Mm -hmm. um so and i I would say i think it would take later albums for me to really kind of get into them um more uh and then discover obviously their older stuff which what is what they were like built built and known for yeah so um but yeah i love this uh love this band and uh we were able to see them ourselves we saw yeah. them live this is back in 2018 <clears throat> kansas city um i think there was their u.s tour for uh right around when medusa came out but yeah that was the show that really got me to actually like dig into their music a lot more and uh yeah now they're a band that i've come to admire a lot yeah so, great choice yeah well, I think moving right along to something even more dour than that doom metal band um, is my number fourteen, which honestly is the this is the band this is the album that I discovered this band from, and I actually discovered it post humorously because the lead singer of this band um, uh, no long is no longer with us. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, th- I believe he took his own life. Um, mm-hmm. But the band is We Lost the Sea, and it is the quietest place on earth. The Australian post-rock band, well, they used to be a well post-metal band, I would say, um, that has pretty much turned into a an in- instrumental band now because their lead singer had, um, you know, like I said. Um, without really he- heavily talking about that, uh, this album in particular was just perfection to me. It was... Literally that post metal kind of side of like Cult of Luna or Isis type of sound, but like on a quieter scale, um, a more constrained scale and um, maybe a little bit more um, emotional. Maybe maybe not be the right word because obviously those aforementioned bands also have very, very emotional pieces of part of it, but you can definitely feel the pain behind um, the lyrics and what was going through, you know, the singer's mind, um, which is just unfortunate. But I, like I said, I, I discovered this afterwards, um, but then it just made it even more important to me just to kind of, this, this is kind of speaks back to the message that you and I talked about 
starting off this podcast is really giving things a listen. And unfortunately, things like this really do make me want to listen. And when I say listen, I mean like, you know, go in depth more with the piece because it's unfortunately that tragedy engages that that art form a lot. Mm. And so notwithstanding that tragedy, this is actually just really, really fantastic, like music, just like really, really fantastic music. In fact, my, my favorite song is with grace, which is the, the song that is like 16 minutes and 30 seconds, which is just nuts. Um, and it definitely reminds me of weight by ISIS, uh, on the oceanic record. Um, very calm and collected and has like a female guest artist on there singing. Uh, and then just, it just builds to something tremendous. And, um, you know, uh, not to talk about this until we get to maybe be when 2025 happens or something, but departure songs, when the the follow-up to this album came out, yeah, that was their triumph because they dedicated it to or their their singer. They dedicated they ah, can't even say dedicated. They dedicated it to all the all the people who lost their lives, um, you know, furthering humanity and bringing that hope um, back um, to our spirit. And well, that's the weird thing about like how dour this is, but at the same time, so, so hopeful. Um, so. Mm. Obviously, this album a little bit more dour. The album that would precede it also dour, but more hopeful. So anyway, we lost the sea. If my words didn't <laughs> convince you to listen to that album, you should definitely, uh, definitely give it a try. It's a fantastic piece of work. Yeah, I wasn't familiar, and you certainly convinced me. But that's my number fourteen, and uh, and it's straight from Australia. So, all right. What about you? <clears throat> We have here uh, another uh, downer. <laughs> um, this one is Atramorse by Evokin, uh, the legendary funeral doom band. Um, this is one that this is one of two uh, funeral doom albums that I discovered when I that were pretty much like the first among the first Funeral Doom albums that I've really, like, uh, got acquainted with to get me to, like, really like that style, um, which that one, that other one will come uh, quite a bit later on, just to give it a little tease there. But, yeah, Evokin, Atramorse, uh This album, it feels like a good example of, like, heavy music that sounds like like fine art in a way like it has a very elegant feel to it um it has a real beauty to it that i just find like you could really sink into it's very contemplative in that way as well i could best describe it as like the kind of album that you would listen to while staring at the out the window at night while it's snowing I feel like that would be a, a good setting for for a listen of it. And um yeah, I think that's all I that's all that really needs to be said about that one. I mean oh. obviously uh obviously kind of a tough listen just because, you know, you know how funeral doom is. <laughs> very uh depressing. Know, yeah. <laughs> depressing, very long, 
patience required, but it's rewarding for sure in this case and in the other record that I'll mention later on in case too. I'm interested because like you said, staring out that staring out the window and seeing watching snow, that sounds like something that like like yeah. it's one of those things you need to pay attention to. Mm-hmm. Going back to my previous pick, honestly, like both the both these albums sound like something where you can just kind of get whisked away somewhere. Yeah. Have a moment <clears throat> with it. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, I'm, I'm going to continue with this track of depression. Yeah. Will we, will we escape? Will we escape? <laughs> Tune Find in out. next week um, when we get to the, the, you know, the top 10. Um, yeah. But um, my number 13, unlucky number 13, mm-hmm. lucky for these guys because I love these guys. And this is literally one of my favorite bands of all time. And so I feel a little heartbroken putting at number 13, mm. but it is Catatonia's Dead End Kings. Uh-huh. So speaking of more kind of doomish things yeah. except there may be a little bit more i don't know i would i would say gothic prog rock mm-hmm. very much in the veins of their cousins like opeth yeah but more radio ish <laughs> it's, it's hard to describe catatonia yeah, because more accessible it's more accessible that's the right word i would use yeah but this is the album that, once again, you know, like a lot of these albums that we've talked about, this is the one that introduced me to Catatonia. And this introduced me to the world. I obviously went back to Night is a New Day right before this album. And then I just kept going back and back and back. Um, Great Cold Distance all the way up to, you know, their, their first album, which is more of a doom metal. Yeah. <laughs> um, you know, departure into to where they're at now. Honestly, Catatonia is fantastic. They're one of the most consistent bands that I know. Um, but Dead End Kings was that introduction. I remember just listening to the buildings and and uh, that that single that just kept getting me back to more and more. And they're literally probably out of all of them, but I can think of one, the catchiest out of, out of anything that I have here when it comes to like, I just know the lyrics. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, because just they somehow carved that melody alongside that groove um, and then just hit right in the fields. Because a lot of this stuff is not super cheery. You know, it's it's in the doom metal camp. So <clears throat> even though it doesn't sound as doom metal-y as you think it would, but it's definitely in that category. Mm-hmm. So, um, but I definitely recommend people listening to Catatonia. If you've never heard them before, this is actually a perfect spot to listen to them. Dead in Kings is a great example of them maturing to where they're at. There's, I would say better albums before it. Um, and I'd even say better albums after it, but this is still a really fantastic and solid record from Catatonia. And, uh, yeah, if you, if you get a chance, listen to buildings or, uh, Lithian, um, there's a lot of really good songs off of this album. So anyway, that's my, uh, number 13. Oh Yeah. <clears throat> Do you see that they got a new record coming out next year? I, I can't handle this. <laughs> okay. Well, alrighty then. Here we go. <laughs> can't wait for it. Nice. Yeah. Um, that's another band I know I need to spend some more time with because I know that I would probably really like them for sure. Maybe that's a, a winter goal for me. Yeah, they're groovy. So you're going to, I mean, once you listen to them, then we'll get out of your head. Oh, okay. So, um, I guess we are moving to your number 13 now? Yeah. Sweet. 
I guess this kind of gets us out of the depression hole a little bit. We escaped. Maybe. Maybe. Um, it's a U.S. progressive black metal band called Kralis. Their album, Years Past Matter. Um, for those of you who may not know Kralis, they're a Brooklyn black metal band who've been around for since like the mid-2000s, I want to say. And they have a vast output they release like maybe two records every year um i don't think they've been on such a like a they've been on a streak like that since like you know the past like five years or so but yeah they they've accumulated quite a quite an output uh but i could definitely see this one and their debut uh as ones that fans of the band would consider to be their like their best or like their their classic album um but yeah years past matter is basically uh very like i mentioned before progressive black metal but while it may be progressive and it may be you know have like a good deal of technicality to it um, it still has this rawness that I find like really compelling for you know just where my where my tastes lie and uh, yeah this album alone is just like it's a it's a trip it's a journey um, it has a very cosmic kind of sound to it as well um, and I think the artwork for the album I think paints a picture for what I think they're trying to go for with the release is. The artwork, basically, if you look at it from a distance, it looks like a photograph from space, like of a constellation or something, or like of a star. But when you look at it closely, it actually is a photograph of, like a close-up picture of uh, lava covering uh, a rock. So it's like this volcanic image, which is super interesting. Super ingenious. Yeah. Igneous. It's mm-hmm. a bad rock joke. Okay. Gotta throw them in there. It sounds evil. I love yeah. it. I don't remember anything I learned about rocks in school. So, well, well, maybe maybe the listeners can help us. What, <laughs> name us name us the three types of rocks, mm-hmm. even though I know them all. Okay, trivia. Trivia. We'll see bet if we can you, get them next time. But you didn't know that you were gonna get that <laughs> from from this podcast. Well, I mean, it's kind of adjacent since we're talking rocks, metal. You mm. know, mm. yeah. Mm. We're a couple of rockers here. <sighs> Our head is just uh, deserves some rocks. Anyway, um, yeah. So great, great choice. Yeah. Honestly, uh, I, I have not really heard much Prowlis, but I that does sound very yeah. interesting. They're also another band that their sound really transforms with every release. Like they kind of go through a period where they, you know, they do the more like cosmic style of black metal. But then they'll have other stuff that they get, you know, a little bit more dense with their tone, and they sound more like a like a black and death metal band at times, or like almost a technical death metal band. Um, so yeah, it's a it's definitely a rabbit hole that you fall into with them with their discography that's so massive. But it's definitely a trip worth taking because, uh, yeah, they're one of the best black metal bands uh, around right now. Damn, you heard it here first. I don't know about that. <laughs> nah, man, yeah, maybe you already knew. Yeah, but that's a that's a great choice for number thirteen, and uh, it does sound 
quite evil. So maybe uh, he's he can't see it, folks, but he's doing the he's doing the black metal goblin hold hold thing that uh, very very infamous. Anyway, um, I know my my words are painting pictures for you. Um, I think uh, we're good to go to number twelve now. Yeah, I believe so. If uh, what was your if thirteen was Catatonia, right? Yep. Okay, then yeah, you're you're twelve. So now it's time to say, "Fuck the safety fire." Oh, which is which is really just to say the the safety fire grind the ocean, the debut album from these lads, these these UK lads who. Uh, are no longer a band. They only had two albums, but um, a lot of the members are in Good Tiger, which is a really great progressive rock band that I really love. Hmm. Um, but anywho, the Safety Fire, the reason I said fuck the Safety Fire is because they actually became a meme when they uh, existed, where they pretty much in any circumstance where they were like live or <laughs> on social media, fans would just say fuck the Safety Fire, which is just freaking hilarious because affectionately right affectionately but also like a lot of times like oh thanks for this also fuck you kind of a thing so it was just like one of those Mm -hmm. affectionate things but anywho uh, i don't know if i've even described how the band sounds (laughs) um but uh the safety fire is so how did how i can best describe it it is definitely progressive metal with elements of like math core and more punk related things because obviously uh it's got more of a it honestly has kind of a bristol sound a little bit to it um or maybe that you you know that 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 punkish sound that you would hear that's very strong in the uk Mm -hmm. um that um is very like prevalent throughout the music and um i I used to kind of really dislike things like this but the safety fire was one of those bands that like just completely turned the switch on me Hmm. and I kind of fell in love with it. And this is actually kind of where I started falling in love with more like math rock and like Dillinger skate plan type of bands is because of the safety fire probably. Um, But yeah, this, this album is fantastic. It's got really great tracks. Uh, Huge hammer starts it off and um, it's a really great song. Um, And it leads into some really crazy ones. And there's, I mean, there's only, you know, very few songs on the album um only uh looks like uh nine songs on it it's very short 47 minutes and 40 seconds i guess that's not super short but um very typical i suppose sure, but yeah. um regardless um each song is on here is really fantastic and uh huge hammers will definitely kick it off um but i definitely recommend dmp as well um and also seagraves um great great songs um from the safety fire i miss them even though i still want to say fuck the safety fire that's my number 12 mm-hmm. okay <clears throat> also great album cover welcome uh all right my number 12 is uh incantation vanquish and vengeance incantation are a band that once again I am not the most familiar with. Um, I've heard uh, "Onward Till Golgotha" uh, before and really enjoyed that. That's you know, it's their debut. It's the one that's like the album that really pervaded the uh, really like cavernous death metal or death doom sound, pretty much. Which is like the kind of death metal that I am 
the most into probably um but yeah uh and they've you know obviously they've been around for a really long time since the big death metal boom of the late 80s early 90s so um and uh yeah it, from what i from what i see they are a band that never really missed a step so i feel that uh this recent well not really super recent because it was 10 years ago but <laughs> uh this record vanquish and vengeance i think really uh is a good example of how they've remained just as brutal as they were from when they first started out uh and uh yeah for just like straight up death metal no you know no uh like added tags you could put on it just fucking death metal i feel like this was probably one of the strongest efforts from 2012 for for uh for that genre yeah i need to listen to more in- incantation honestly I, I mean i've heard honestly a lot of their older stuff mm-hmm. um more from the 90s is the stuff that i kind of know yeah but i haven't really given much of their newer output much listen yeah. to have they refined their sound more if that makes sense when yeah. i say that i mean obviously technology has changed but i mean death metal that's a little fickle thing to ask because a lot of people like the rawness but yeah how how do they sound compared to what they used to i think they've definitely (laughs) slowed things down even more they have a lot more doomier stuff they have some really long songs on this album uh you know they just let the heaviness really crush you for you know for a while um but they can also speed things up right when you least expect it to. So yeah, they, they've remained pretty consistent and uh, I think their most recent album was in 2020 uh, sect of vile divinities. And that one was also really good as well. It got really big critical acclaim. So yeah, keep on, keep on killing it. Incantation. Yeah. I need to, I need to listen to it more and more. And also, Tricennial of Blasphemy came out this year, their newest album. Oh yeah, I think that was like a like a collection. It is a collection, yeah. and you hear it live and on on this air. I have discovered this. This is actually not a new album. This is an album of sorts that has collected all their other albums and such. Something like that. Something like that. <clears throat> anyway, great choice. Uh, are we ending uh, this one on eleven? uh yeah 11 will be the last one for, all right for this one so just a, it's a spooky one that's good it's one we've talked about earlier oh oh i had to say this oink oink it's uh, pig destroyer ding 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 it's the book burner yeah. um and i know i know we've already kind of talked about this a little bit but i really just kind of fell in love with this album because uh, it's just one of those bands that I, once again, kind of going back to what I just said with the safety fire, didn't really like this type of music when this came out. Mm -hmm. Um, But this is one of the first bands that I think once I kind of discovered who they were, and I want to give a big shout out to The Diplomat, which is the single off the record. It just really threw me into this world. I'm just like, okay, I actually really like this. Yeah. And I like how efficient and speedy this is. 
And, uh, of course, you know, being tw- 31 minutes long, but 19 freaking songs. Yeah. So they're all really short. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, oh man, this album is just so much fun. Um, yeah. And it was one of the first albums that I would say really got me into extreme, extreme metal yeah. more and more. Because it is, it's fun, but it is very extreme as well. So. Yeah. And yeah. it's, I mean, it's political. There's, there's things going on behind the scenes. There's a lot of yeah. uh, really cool movie uh inserts and um just like clips um that just coincide with kind of the message but also Mm -hmm. add to the the theme of the record but you know the aesthetics and and it's just a really it's just a really fun record and i like this is the this is probably the pig destroyer album i put on the most because it's the one that like i had the fondest memories of yeah and it's just the one that i have the most fun with even though you know like the aforementioned ones that joseph talked about you know, <laughs> they're two big ones. Yeah, um, Prowler, Prowler, and, uh, yeah, Terrifier, and Terrifier, um, are huge in their own rights, and even their la- last one, um, yeah, is incredible. So, yeah. Anyway, Pig Destroyer, Book Burner, a lot of fun. You never heard them? I definitely say check out the Diplomat, and that will give you a great idea of how they sound. Mm-hmm. So, and it's also a very fun music video because it's like 2001: A Space Odyssey. Oh, okay. Like I've related. Never seen that. Um, but like then mix it with like a sword, like the sword that I talked about earlier, or mm. high on fire. Okay. And there you go. That's the type of music video you're going to get. Okay. So, um, but yeah, very fun. And uh, yeah, I think I want to hit on a end on a high note with book burner. Yeah. I'll be doing the same pretty much exactly what you did mention one that was earlier on my list. Here's one that was on your previous uh, mm. collection of picks. Uh, we have High on Fire with Divermis Mysterious. Say that ten times fast, kids. Yeah. Um, yeah, like, I think I might have mentioned it when we talked about it previously, but, you know, they're just a band that's so consistent, and you could make a good case for any of their records being their strongest, and, you know, it would be, like, a completely valid argument. Um, but I think the reason why this one really draws me in especially like when i when going back to it now it's just like kind of blown away by it but i think the reason why is because it was produced it was their first one that was produced by kurt Ballou of mm. converge and he's you know obviously i'm a huge converge fan uh, everyone should know this yeah but <laughs> you know he's also you know you can't discount how great of a producer he is uh blue and um yeah he just really brings like that that heaviness to this band um in a way that's just like really you know it's of it was of the moment then and it still really holds up now as just like being a really crushing record oh yeah (laughs) Uh, and then he would continue to work with them on luminiferous which was the next album after this one and that one was also you know has that same kind of depth to their sound um but yeah uh it's an excellent band like we said before it's a coked out black sabbath and a stoned <laughs> well, motorhead a stone yeah that, that's a good idea coked out black sabbath stone motorhead i was gonna say it's all stoned related it's all stoned they're all they're all just very high yeah the, all the, of these songs the all the songs on this album are about witchcraft so. which is amazing yeah um so that's that's pretty spooky 
very spooky. It's a good way to you know creep into Halloween because that's going to happen. Now, I mean, whenever you're listening to this, if you're listening to it, the day it comes out, then it's just a few days. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. um, till it comes out. So, you know, hopefully this is a nice little spooky treat. Yeah, that's your homework. Ooh. Get anyway, high, get high on fire, kids. Burn books. Mm-hmm. Burn <laughs> books. Ins- insert all the other <laughs> the t- titles and bands we talked about already. <laughs> anyway, don't burn. Don't burn books. That's, don't burn that's, books. Don't. That's very dumb. Yeah, very very <laughs> dumb. I'm not condoning that. We're sorry. We're <laughs> we're sorry. And yeah. happy Halloween. Happy Halloween, everybody. Uh, that's going to wrap it up for this week. It's part two. Next week, uh, obviously, part three. Part three of four. So we're we're entering the top ten with our next episode. Yikes! And yeah, it's gonna get ugly out there, everybody. Um, <laughs> anyway. Thank you so much for listening. Again, uh, follow us at Scouring Pod on Instagram and on Twitter and let us know your thoughts on the show. Let us know what albums from 2012 mean the most to you. And um, yeah, till next time. Take care, everybody. Happy Halloween. See ya. Happy Halloween. Ooh.